It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The quarterback debate between TJ Finley and Robbie Ashford? No, that's that's behind us now. It's all about what jersey color should Auburn wear against Penn State on Saturday. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Happy War Report Wednesday to all of you who celebrate. Mike G of the War Report joining us as he does every week. And when I first heard Mike G about the possibility of orange jerseys, I was like, there is no way. But man, as the week goes on and more players get in front of microphones and former players that played in the game where they wore them against Georgia, there's more and more smoke building up. I'm starting to kind of believe it a little bit. Yeah, don't. (laughs) Your your first instinct was right. I think that what we're going to see on Saturday is orange face masks. Yeah, I think they were a big hit last year. They really liked them. Uh, orange jerseys is not happening. And <laughs> uh, this will be kind of a weird time to pull out, a, you know, what will be would be widely seen as a gimmick, right? Um, it's not time for this. I think jersey changes are something that you have when you've got a lot of optimism and positivity around the program. And, you know, the, the argument about tradition is so thick at Auburn when it comes to this topic. Oh, that's right. I mean, if you want to see fans argue, talk about changing the jersey color, and you'll find diehards on both sides of that aisle. Uh, but I, I, think, I think what we're likely to see is we're going to see some orange face masks on Saturday. And I think that the players and every, the social media, this is one big okie doke. <laughs> This is one big okie doke. I will be I will be happy to eat my words though, Zach. They were out there. I'll be I want the orange jerseys just as bad as everybody else. I just don't think it's happening. I, I think there's been so much talk about it that I think if they run out and they're in blue like normal, I think there's gonna be a lot of people that are genuinely disappointed in that. You think they're gonna boo? Are they gonna boo? <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying boo or anything like that, but I do think there'll be a collective ah, oh, all right, all right, let's go, Tigers, you know, that that, that kind of thing. Um is that where we're at, though, where we need orange jerseys to get excited for a non-conference um, Power 5 game at home? Maybe. Does maybe. Auburn need this yeah. to get excited right now? I think I think this is a huge game. I know we're going to talk about it later, but I, I, yeah. the jersey thing is just – I, I know you said I'm, gimmick. I'm not there. But I, I don't really see it as a gimmick. Anytime you can give yourself an opportunity to ignite a fan base or ignite the passion of your team – and it's a reasonable thing to do. I think you should do it. And um, I, I think an opportunity is certainly here for that. But the petty part of me, Mike G, doesn't want to <laughs> give Penn State the satisfaction of like, oh, we're the special team that you've got to whip this out for. And it's All like, right. if you're going to do that for somebody, like it probably should be a conference team. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah, I would love to see it. I'd love to see it at some point. I just don't think right now was the time for that. I think maybe focus on now. Listen, if it motivates them to win the game on Saturday, I'm all for anything that motivates them to win the game on Saturday. However, uh, jerseys, you know, we just can't be at the point where you need jerseys to motivate your players. Right. They should be motivated. You're right. This one. And, and Everybody I think they has, are. 
yeah, everybody has picked them last to, fi- to finish last in the West. You know, there should be tons of motivation there. Uh, now, from a fan perspective and from a player perspective, I do. I, lo- I love the idea. I do love the idea. I think the timing might be just a little bit off for that, though. But mm-hmm. who, who knows? They win enough games. Maybe later this season, they surprise us with some some orange jerseys. Yeah. It almost seems like if it's going to happen this year, it has to happen this week with the whole all Auburn, all orange thing. Yeah. I I think the, the face mask stuff is cool. I think they looked more red at times through most of the camera angles that, that were white balanced maybe a little bit differently. Um, sure. But we'll see. I mean, Auburn uh, on, on social medias, they changed it to the, you know, the, the interlocking AU over an orange background. So you can read into that however much you want. Um, <laughs> fans want this though, man. Fans absolutely They're want this. They're, it's one big troll, Zach. They're trolling people. Man, should should the football program really be trolling people right now though? Yeah, like no, they, is that they, they should. <laughs> but this is a troll. This is a troll from somebody in social media. And I will say I've loved Auburn social media uh this offseason. I think they made some missteps on some things they posted going sure. into the season for sure. Like so it hasn't been perfect. Uh, but this feels like a troll to me. Yeah. Well, it's so much better this year than it was last year. I mean, they were posting some weird stuff going into like Harson's first season. <laughs> Like where they had pictures of all the Georgia guys like going into the NFL, and it's oh, like, man. what are you doing? Like, what mm. what in the world? Like, so, um, but yeah, there was a segment Doug Amos did on the score, his TV show up in Montgomery. He had former quarterback Charlie Trotman on, and Charlie had his orange jersey from that game where they tied Georgia. Um, was it twenty five years ago? And just a cool story, a really really cool story. And then they talked about how Pat Dye got into the town. And he's like. I don't like orange. And they're like, okay, all right, we'll retire all those jerseys, coach. Got it, got it. But um, I think it would be in Harson's character and his personality to say, no, we're doing this. We are totally doing this. It's what two of the three captains publicly stated to Mm. the media. Um, And he just seems like the kind of guy that listens to his leaders. And so, like, if Owen and Derek are saying to the media – yeah, it'd be cool to wear orange. Like, he heard that. Yeah, but you had to have a plan for that, right? Like, you did, you're you not deciding that yesterday because you got to make orange jerseys. Oh, Do they have orange you, jerseys telling, on deck? You're, you're telling me Auburn can't call Under Armour and get that done pronto? Uh, uh, I, I, I guess. I don't know, man. They could totally get that done in 48 hours. Yeah. Totally. Feel, it feels like something that would be planned in advance. Uh, I agree with you on Harson though. Yeah. I agree with you on the type of coach that he is that, mm-hmm. um, you know, but, but I, I, in, in, in all honesty, understanding his situation, I think it would be a miscalculation at this point to be focused on something like that. Go out there and win a game, man, win, win a few more games and then pull out the orange jerseys in, in my opinion. Yeah. All right. So, so your, your final, your final prediction is no, we wear blue. Absolutely not. Yeah. We, we wear blue. Talking about orange jerseys. I hate how confident you are in it too. It's like, dang it. He's probably right. He's probably right. All right. Like you said, though, obviously a huge game coming up on Saturday. We were talking, uh, we were talking earlier today, Mike G. Mm-hmm. Is this a do or die game for the Tigers? We touch on that in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. And look, Bet Online has Penn State as a two and a half point favorite. If you're like, man, Auburn is going to win this game on Saturday. Blue jerseys, orange jerseys, doesn't matter. I'm just going to line up and beat this team from the Big Ten. Jump on this. Head over to Bet Online. 
and put your money where your brain is. Bet online. It's where the game starts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Mike G, is this a do-or-die game for Brian Harson and the Auburn Tigers? Hmm. Okay, <laughs> wait. <laughs> I thought there was something coming after that. <laughs> Just a dramatic pause. Is this a is this a is this a do or die game? Um, I want to be clear. Okay. No, it's not. Uh, it is early in the season. It is a non conference game. If there were a game that you were going to lose, I think this would be the one. What you cannot do is you cannot look inept and you cannot get run off the field at home sure. by this team. Because uh, that'd be two years straight. Uh, they're returning a six-year quarterback that you saw last year. Uh, you can't let him do the same thing that he did. You can't let him go 20 for 22 again this year. Right. You got to find a way to defense him. Uh, San Diego State's quarterback's performance makes me a little nervous for how we will play Sean Clifford mm-hmm. um, because he is a gamer. He's not a world beater, but every once in a while he can deliver a performance that elevates his team. Now, you know, is this a do or die game? The simple answer for me is just no, it's not. Um, You know, you have to continue to get better every week. I think you can learn even in a loss, uh, but you have to look better than you did against San Diego Diego State, and you have to look better than you did against Mercer. Um, The quarterback needs to start to take some steps forward here. This is it. Now you get to test it. Now you get to see what's real and what's not versus a Power 5 team. I think it will tell them how much more improvement they need to make. And I guess my my thing about this, Zach, is this team lost to Penn State and then almost lost to Georgia State and then improved significantly after that game last year. Sure. Those games last year. So uh, the same can be true of this season, right? Uh, we, had, we benched a quarterback versus uh, Georgia State last year. That same quarterback came and played some of the best ball of his life mm-hmm. in the subsequent games. The same can be true this year. I hope that it's after a win. I hope they find a way to grind out a win and and learn and move forward. But it's just it's I I can't I think it's too early. It's too much panic. Uh, the do or die nature of this has more to do with Harson standing as a coach yeah. than it does about the you know the reality of the season. Yeah, it, it is a different situation though. I mean, it's not your normal season at Auburn because of all of the pressure that's on Brian Harson. Sure. And it just does seem like to me, if Auburn were to lose on Saturday, that there is a chance that it's a slippery slope as far as support throughout the fan base. Whether that's fair or not is a totally different conversation because I don't think it is. But I do think it's somewhat of a reality with the frustration that happened coming out of the offensive performance against San Jose State. Mm. If you lay a goose egg or you don't score more than... 17 points on Saturday. Right. Um, there's going to be a lot of people that are emotionally ready to move on. Once again, yeah. is that fair? No. But I do think it's part of what we're dealing with here. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you on whether that's fair or not, though. Oh. you ha- This is year two. Okay. You have to show improvement game over game. 
And we're primarily look, primarily looking at the offense. So I do think that you have to show you need some some positives to come away with this. If you if if Auburn scores thirty five points in this game, I think they win. I think they win in a landslide. I, I agree. They can score thirty five points. I agree. If you're struggling to get twenty one, this is going to be a dogfight. Do you think they score twenty one points on Saturday? I I I have no clue. I have no I have no clue which team is going to show up on Saturday. Okay. Uh, because I'm not sure. From the first two games, we know what's real and what's not. Now, uh, yeah. I will say this: I think that um, what you just said about you know what is going to make people emotionally kind of start to move on. That's the thing that they can't do. That's the reality of the season. Right? Is is that it is game three, and you know you gave people hope after Mercer. Mm-hmm. Some, right? Um, and then you kind of took a little bit of a step back offensively because you had a really bad half of offensive football against San, 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 um, San Jose State. Yep. You want to call them San Diego. But sure. um, at the end of the day, um, this is this season is going to be about learning about your football team and making sure that you make progress every single week toward the team that you're going to be, hopefully by midseason. And, I mean, we talk time and time again how important these first five games are, and this is part of it, but still, if 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 Auburn were to lose against Penn State, but they beat Missouri next week, and they beat LSU the following week, everybody's all super high on Harson again. Right. And I think of the five, now that we have more information on LSU, that Penn State is the toughest of the five. At this point, that's not a crazy take. Right? No, it's not. Yeah, it's not. It may have been going into the season, but I, I don't think it is now. And so it's like if you do go four and one, and you're undefeated in your conference, like we all would rather have that. For sure. For if, sure. If and you have to lose one, of course. Yeah, that's and that's my whole point is this is a non-conference game uh, against a Power Five team. If you had to lose one to learn something, this is the one you lose. But you certainly don't lose to Missouri. I think there would be a lot more consternation and worry if we beat Penn State this weekend and then lose to Missouri next week. Yeah. So, Mike G, last year, and, and some people came after me on Twitter for this, which is fine. I don't care. but Because uh, I think context is, is needed here, and they, they offered some of that. Sean Clifford last year, to me, statistically, he was, he was a pretty decent quarterback. But to mm-hmm. me, he didn't really pass the eye test. Like, even against Auburn, like, he was just finding guys that were wide open. And, like, a lot of them were the first reads. And so, it's like 20 for 22, yeah, but, like, I don't know. I feel like we made it pretty easy on him. The first two games against Purdue and Ohio, which Auburn is better than both of those teams, he just looks significantly better than he did last year to me. Just as far as eye test. I don't care about stats or anything like that. I'm just looking at eye test and execution and swag and ball placement and all of that. He looked way better in the first two games this year than he did last year to me, to me. So my question to you, Mike G, is what does Auburn have to do defensively to slow him down and make things different than what happened a year ago? Uh, first of all, last year he had an all-world receiver in Jahan Dotson. I completely underestimated Jahan Dotson headed into that game. He was a superstar. Unreal. Uh, in there. Um, so there's no Jahan Dotson this year. But what I saw in the first game of the season from Clifford, similar to you, was I saw a guy who mentally up here, he's got what it takes to win. Yeah. Right? Uh, he is a tough guy. He's a gamer, man. He's just not going to wow you with anything physically. If you, add, I have a lot of Penn State friends. They are all frustrated beyond belief that Clifford came back for another year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they all hate it. 
They all hate it. But um, that's a guy that can go out and win you a game here and there. So to slow him down this season, right? You have to, you have, we have, they have to find a way to make Penn State one dimensional. This isn't a team you can let run the ball on you. Run defenses looked okay this year so far, but they can take some steps forward against Penn State. Uh, put the, I still think the, the, I still think the key is putting the ball in Sean Clifford's hand and making him be that guy. Mm-hmm. You have to make him be that guy. And if he beats you, he beats you. But that's this, that, I think that's the same way to go defensively against this team this season. We talked about their running game, Penn State's running game last year. Their main guy was Noah Kane last year, right? Yep. He's this, at LSU now. Okay, yeah. This year it's it's some dude like Singleton. I think he wear he wears number 10. He had a long mm-hmm. run against Ohio. But I, I'm not super I'm not super impressed with their running game. I think their mm-hmm. offense is Sean Clifford. I think this this Penn State team starts and ends with how Sean Clifford performs. And I, I agree. I mean He's tough. Like he is a physical dude. He, he reminds me. I think there's a lot of similarities between him and Bo Nix. He's not as athletic as Bo, but just as far as like the ups and the downs and things like that, um, I, I think there are some similarities there. Yeah, I agree. You know, um, you know, in terms of again, you just got to stop him, man. There's no excuse for it. we have the defense this year. Um, you know, you got to find a way to generate a pass rush on Sean Clifford, yeah. make him uncomfortable, um, and then the DBs. You've got to. They've just got to find a way to make a play. A play. We are two games into the season, and Auburn does not have a single turnover on defense. How I was asked this question no turnover. when I went on WNSB, how concerning that is. And I guess I'm a, I, I don't know. I, I'm just not that concerned about it. Am I off on oh, that? Uh, yeah, you, you, sh- you should be concerned about it if you're turning the ball over and you're not getting any. Sure. But the defense can't control that. Like, that's not right, Auburn's right, defense's right, fault yeah. that the, uh, the quarterbacks are throwing picks. For sure. I, uh, but at the end of the day, uh, we interviewed Derek Brown, uh, and we talked to him about, in 2019, how frustrating was it to go out drive after drive, and yeah. the offense just stall, stall. He was like, listen, man, you're on defense. It's like being a fireman. You don't ask all these questions. You just show up and you put the fire out. <laughs> I love that. That's what he said. You just show up and you put the fire what out. What a great response. I love that. And I feel that way. I love that energy. But I feel that way about this defense is um, they can't really be cons- – their job is to get turnovers. And the way the, – the reality is, as a team, the way the offense is going, if they cannot force any turnovers, it's going to put a lot of pressure – on the offense to, to, you know, they, you know, the teams that, you know, Mercer, their de- even their defense gave them a short field a couple times last week to mm-hmm. keep them in the game. Right. Our defense has to give this offense a short field a couple times if they want to dominate home field advantage. And Auburn has not dominated. I would say defensively have not dominated home field advantage yet this season. No. And they certainly had the opportunity to mm-hmm. as well. And look, I, I think this offense needs help with scoring points. And so the shorter you make the field, the better. I mean, I don't care who's at quarterback. I don't care if it's TJ or Robbie or somehow Zach gets in. Like, I I just don't, I just don't see how consistent points are going to be scored this Saturday. I'm concerned, Mike. I'm concerned about Saturday. (laughs) Your concern is warranted. It is. And, but I'll tell you what, you mentioned the pressure uh, that's on Brian Harson in the conversations that we've had with staff and, people and, and even him mm-hmm. uh i don't think he feels it i think it's just another saturday where he's got to go out and they've got a game plan and they've got to win a football game against a, a good team is that the right but approach I, do you think 
I don't I I don't think it's because the it, the end result isn't different. It's not going to change the way you prepare. It's not going to change anything you do. You it it does process. though. It does. You certainly prepare more for things that are more important. Well, one hundred percent. But they were all. It's not any more important than it would be just because he's on the hot seat. I guess is my point. It is important. Their games. It's a game against a power five appointed uh, oh, opponent. I, I, it's I important. I, I don't know about that. I don't know. It's th- important. It's th- all th- important. This Penn State game is way, way more important than the Penn State game last year, for instance. Yeah, I, I hear you, Zach. I just don't think it doesn't change anything that's on tape. Okay. You still have to prepare for that same team that showed up the first two weeks at Penn State and played those opponents. You look at the tape, you prepare like a champion, yeah. and then you put in a good game plan, and you get your guys to go execute. That is the exact same no matter who the opponent is. And I think that's the approach that Brian Harson is taking to this is, is that there's the pressure on, you know, there's an expectation that they're going to win. And this program, despite the fan narratives and the media narratives, there's an expectation that they're going to go out there and compete and win on Saturday yeah. internally. Yeah. No, this team believes in itself. And that's Harson. Harson did that. Right. And so let's see it trickle over onto the field for sure. Um, seconds before Mike G and I started recording, we got news about Auburn's interim AD. We will touch on that in just a moment. Right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Frisky. Whiskey, it is the best place on the planet to buy your alcohol, your spirits, any sort of adult beverage. Odds are Frisky Whiskey has it there. It's located about 15 to 20 minutes outside of the Auburn, Opelika, Lee County area. You hop on I-85 towards Atlanta, and as soon as you cross over into Georgia, you will see signs all over the place saying Frisky Whiskey is up ahead. Same if you're in Atlanta and you're coming to Auburn for this massive, massive weekend or any of the next three weekends, be sure to stop by Frisky Whiskey on your way into town. You'll be blown away by their prices and their selection. So check it out, Frisky Whiskey. Just type it into your phone's GPS, and your phone will take you right there. Shout out to our friends at Frisky Whiskey. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Mike G, we got some, um, we got a release. It was a message from new president, Chris Roberts. That's right. Rich McGlynn named interim athletics director as national search begins. So they named... Rich McGlynn, the interim AD, and he essentially said, in the coming weeks, I will announce additional details about the national search process and our approach moving forward. Then he goes and talks about how much he loves Auburn athletics. So um, a lot of people are upset that it's Rich McGlynn, but they're using the argument of it's somebody internal, and I'm of the mindset I think they need to go get someone. And so if he's the interim AD, I think you should be happy because it's probably not going to be him. Correct. Yes. Uh, I don't know why anybody would be upset about the interim title unless they think it's a formality to a permanent title. Um, I am not in the loop on whether being an AD is something that Rich McGlynn aspired to prior to being named. Uh, I don't have any information on that, but I will tell you, this is a guy who essentially has saved Auburn athletics over the last 
five years. True. Um, they have handled he this is a guy, this is the architect, Zach, of you know, handling the basketball stuff. Yeah. Um he handled know, he the, handled uh camp stuff too. Yeah, I mean, this guy knows what he's doing. This is a high integrity person um that they're putting at you know for interim purposes in charge of the program until they find a permanent AD. And I feel really good about the decision to do that um, rather than rush and make a hire uh, because you, you need to get this right. I think Auburn needs to get this right. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm okay with them waiting until football season's over. Like I I don't think there should be any hurry um, to do this. Now it gets interesting. If Brian Harson season on the hot seat goes South, then I think it gets super interesting with how that process is handled. I think that's why you wait, though, right? Yeah, you let the, the next the, AD run the coaching search if, if if you decide to move on after this season? Well, if you do that, the, the timing of that then I think is extremely important because mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, well, you need you need the new AD in before the end of the season in that yeah, case. Yeah, true. Good point. So, Good point. Um, mm. So if that's the case, then, yeah, you need somebody in in the next, like, two months. Right. And we don't know. That could be the case. Maybe they get somebody in in the next two months. Uh, I think that Auburn, from an optics standpoint, has to get this right because the national narrative around Alan Green is, is that he got shafted. Right. Um, His peers have spoke up for him. There's a lot of people who just feel like this job, he was doomed to fail here almost no matter what he did. I mean, there there were some things he just didn't do, though. Like, and I like Alan Green. I wanted him to stay. But th- uh, in some situations where he needed to be the face, uh, he wasn't the face. Yeah. Um, now, did he feel supported and all that? And did he feel like it wouldn't have mattered? Like he, that, 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 right. that, that, that's a different story. I still think you should do it, even if you don't feel like you're supported. But um, Yeah. I think at Auburn, there's always going to be the question of who's in control. Sure. Yeah. No right. question. Um, listen, our, our, our leadership has created that narrative. And – they can squash it by letting somebody do the job the way that they feel like it needs to be done, which is what Alan Green tried to do. Yeah. Right. Why, you know, and when we talk about being the face of something, and you know, if I'm him, I'm not going to be the face of anything I don't believe in. Right. So if you're, if I'm wanting to do one thing and you're telling me to do something else, you're going to be the face of it. You're not sending me out there to send a message that I don't believe in. Right. And, um, you know, I think that some of the confusion that we saw about things that people said he did, he did, he did do and that he didn't do and the truth lies somewhere in between we interviewed him three times and i talked to him numerous times uh you know off off the record uh so i knew i know how he felt about his situation Uh, that is his story to tell so i will not go into that but you know at the end of the day uh auburn just needs to get this right man uh you know this whole narrative about who's in control and who's in charge is you know because what happens this season, and we know, let's not kid ourselves, like football is the most important component in this. 100%. Right? So let, let's just not pretend. What happens, Zach, if Brian Harson goes out and wins a bunch of games this season? You, right? take care, you, you, you take care of them. Yeah, and then you still have a bunch of people who don't want them. Right? What happens there? You're right. I think you do have to take care of them, similar to what happened in 03. A bunch of people wanted Tuberville gone. He won a bunch of games the next season, and – those people were stuck with him for the next four to five years after that. I think that, you know, they, they've got the optics around this. If we, the, the new AD has to be able to handle the decision to move on from Brian Harson, if that comes, comes about, 
carefully. That needs to be a carefully crafted message because the the, the narrative nationally is the same for Brian Harson is, is that he got shafted by people who just never wanted him in the first place. And a new AD is going to have to carry that mantle. I'm not sure if it's fair, but you do need somebody who is skilled at PR and crafting those messages and to make sure that you don't have any more egg on your face nationally as a program. Because you know what? The message in recruiting is going to continue to be the same against right. this program. Don't go there. They don't support their coaches. You don't even know if that guy's going to be there. I do think that will matter less and less the more Auburn's NIL situation is established. Sure. Sure. And, and I think I think the the 2024 class is going to be very taken care of. Yeah, look, kids still want to play, and I think what we're seeing in NIL right now is is that you can get kids to come there, but because you have this one year, this one freebie transfer rule, if you don't, if you lie to them, or if they don't feel like they're hitting the field, or if they're unhappy, they're gone. Yeah. And NIL's not going to keep them there because if they were of high value, they're going to find an NIL deal somewhere else if they were a four or five star prospect. But let, let's be honest here, though. Whoever, whatever happens next year, if it's Coach Harson or, or somebody else, and mm. I, I kind of think it's going to be Coach Harson still. Me too. But, but whoever it is, they're going to have to hit the portal ridiculously hard anyway. And so, like, I don't know if that really matters as much. Like, gee, I think the next two years at Auburn, because the roster is about to have so much turnover... You're not going to be recruiting high school kids as much. Yeah, that's 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 true. Like, if you're going to have any success, because what we're seeing in college football now is everybody goes through cycles, Zach, right? No matter how well you've recruited, you're going to have a group of very experienced guys that are going to graduate at some point, and there's no guarantee that the guys filling their spot are going to just be able to be plug and play. Alabama did it for so many years until they didn't, and what has their line looked like the last two years? Yeah. It's been a mess the last two years, and Bryce Young has totally put that team on their on 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 his back. We don't have the luxury of having a Bryce Young here at Auburn, so they're going to have to. Hit the, I agree with you one hundred percent. You changed my mind on this. <laughs> they're going to have to hit the portal, so it may not be as important uh, the next couple of years. Regardless, I mean, either way. And, and, um, and Mike G, sorry to cut you off, but mm-hmm. I think the longer Brian Harson is here, the more he can go to transfers and say like. Hey, I don't want to like sound like, you know, I'm super into myself, but like I've kind of nailed it when it comes to like finding roles for transfers. Mm-hmm. Cuz pretty much everyone that's come in, woo, I mean, they're instant dudes with the exception Kids, of Keontae very Scott? few. Yeah, Keontae Scott, DJ Juco, James, little Jason different. Jones. Little di- yeah, Jason yeah. Jo- yeah, totally. Totally. With the exception right, yeah. of, you know, quarterbacks and Dreshawn Miller and Eugene Asante, that's really it. Yeah, yeah. I think he's got a great story to tell about going outside the program, bringing in talent, and then giving those guys a chance to compete immediately. Marcus Bragg, when I watched his tape at Western Kentucky, mm-hmm. I was like, this guy stinks. Like, he plays <laughs> And then, like, he's been one of the greatest surprises of this defense for me. He's not. He doesn't have a huge role, but we were all like, okay, whatever. Fourth, fourth edge guy, you know, that's great. He'll back up Dylan Brooks, and it's like, no. He's made this coaching staff forget that Dylan Brooks is even around. Like, right. So props props to Coach Harson for nailing that. For sure. Listen, time will tell against better competition, but so far, yes, I agree with you. Um, my guy at Western Kentucky, uh, Wayne Dickens, he's the player development guy. Oh, yeah. He was a player development guy. He's former Auburn defensive tackle. We were good friends at school. I asked him about this kid, Bragg. And in his estimation, he was like, oh, you know, I'm not sure this is a 
a D1 guy. He's not a guy who's going to come in. And, and, and so I had low expectations for Bragg as well, based on, you know, what Wayne had communicated to me and look at what he's done these first couple of games. So like if this staff has proven they have an eye for talent, Zach, then, you know, sky's the limit. I love it. I love it. We went on Saturday. Uh, I learned a new word today. It's called boog. 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 Is it boog? Yeah, I didn't. We're, I didn't learn a new word. Yeah, we're booging. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna boog and say Auburn wins on Saturday. I think the defense starts to get some turnovers and uh, they get a big player to uh, at the wide receiver position. Mike G's booging. I absolutely I'm love bugging. it. You've been in the Locked On Auburn Discord. I bet that's where you found that. Yeah, yeah. I bet that's, that's right. where you found it. How can I get people, accused how, of being a boog often. <laughs> how can people support and check out the War Report? Uh, check us out over on YouTube. We've got lots of great stuff coming. We've got in-season interviews. We've got film reviews. It's all coming at you this season. Subscribe. Become a patron. Yeah, absolutely. You can book here. You can book there. <laughs> We're booking everywhere. Boog. Don't be a boog. <laughs> all right. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Auburn Penn State. We should have our new Locked On Nittany Lions host joining me for a crossover there. You can follow me on Twitter at CBlackerby and read all of my written work at AuburnDaily.com. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.